Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey friends, this is Matthias Roberts, and you're listening to Queerology, the podcast on belief and being. This is episode 141. When I released that song, everyone was like, so she's saying she doesn't believe in God. I was like, you have missed the entire point, bestie. (laughs) Go back and listen. It is a question mark. For Maddie Zom, there's nothing more powerful than writing songs that scare her. On her debut EP, You Might Not Like Her, which just came out a couple weeks ago, the Boise-bred singer-songwriter intimately documents the massive upheaval she's experienced over the last year. A life-changing journey that includes leaving the stifling church she grew up in where she served as a worship leader, moving to Los Angeles, and coming out as queer. With equal parts raw vulnerability and undeniable strength, first glimpse on her viral hit single, Fat Funny Friend, which has achieved over 30 million streams, Maddie opens up about her personal trauma, her sexuality, and her relationship with her body, embracing the kind of unapologetic yet compassionate truth-telling that's transformative for both artists and audience alike. I am so excited to have Maddie on the show today. If your social media algorithms are anything like mine, she has been all over them in the past few weeks. Her music videos are incredible. The first time I saw her music video for You Might Not Like Her, I just, I wept. I sat in front of my computer. I like wrapped myself in a blanket and just cried. And then I watched the music video for If It's Not God and cried some more. (laughs) Like her music is cathartic. It's beautiful. And like in that little bio I read, like compassionate is the right word for it. The, the compassion in her music is is stunning. You'll hear that coming through in, in this interview as well. I, I would say, pause this episode, go listen to her music, and then come back because it's just that good. Like, like go listen to at least one of her songs and then come back and listen to this episode. You will not regret that. No announcements today, so let's just go ahead and dive in. Maddie, hi, welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. I am so excited about this. (laughs) I am very excited about this too. Uh, My manager told me about um, just that you guys had asked me to be on, and I said, are you sure? (laughs) I will gab. (laughs) I love this. I can't wait. I'm very excited to be here. Well, to start, this is the question I ask everyone. Uh, What are your identities? And then how has your faith helped form those identities? Yeah, I love this question. I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, I think right now I'm in a space of, I think my identities are, are kind of, I'm not sure right now. I think if anything, I have gotten to the point where I've stripped a lot of identities that I was raised in, um, if that makes sense. Uh, and I am, am, am now, um, I feel kind of like a, a empty canvas, but not in the existential way that they tell you that it is, <laughs> um, but in like a very exciting and riveting way, if that makes sense, where I, I can be 
whatever I want. And I haven't really quite figured out what that is yet. Um, but I do know that my character and those things have kind of remained the same, but when it comes to who I am and what I like and all those kinds of things, I think this is the first time since releasing my project, I've realized that I, I don't know. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that feels really honest and, and I kind of love that picture that a sense of like, I'm thinking of a blank canvas and that kind of anticipation before you start a, a new creative project. Like what is this going to be? And I know, you know, there are certain things that I know that I am like a musician and a daughter and, you know, a a writer and all those kinds of things. Um, But when it comes to, yeah, my identities, I think I thought that I needed to go from one thing to another. So, you know, like devout Christian or Idahoan and all those kinds of things. And I wanted to fill in those blanks afterwards, but I'm kind of tired. I think for a little bit, <laughs> I'm I'm coasting in the, I don't have to be or do or or really anything, you know? Yeah, I like I hear that. Like, There's such a pull. I think anytime like we go from one space to another or even just kind of live life <laughs> to figure out like to, to figure out who am I? <laughs> what am I doing? What are the labels? Which like, I mean, labels can be so helpful, but it also, I think what you're putting language around is it is utterly exhausting especially when you're trying to figure it out and I love that you're giving yourself kind of space to just be yeah and it's I've never allowed myself to do that and honestly it's been fairly new even like I you know deconstructed left the church came out all those kinds of things and those are I would say identities of mine you know I was talking I I was talking to a friend a couple days ago and it's really interesting the difference between church kids and non-church kids because we are given such a large portion of our focus and wants and just just parts of ourselves to this religion right or these identities in the church and you can just tell the difference between a church kid that's left and somebody who was not raised in the church um, because I think that there's less of a space to fill Um, if that makes sense. And that's something that I've really been thinking a lot about recently is hanging out with people that have no background in religion or no background in all of that, that there's just a difference. They are not as concerned about filling that space that we were told to set aside, if that makes sense. And so that's where I've been at is figuring out what to do with that space. Right. Yeah, I mean, would you be willing to kind of walk me through, like you said, you've you've stripped a lot of identities. And, and of course, from knowing a bit of your story here and your music, I can kind of assume what those things are. Because you kind of walk me through just a, a little bit of what are those things that you have kind of gotten rid of, taken off? I mean, I would say worship leader was a huge one. That was huge for me. I mean, leading a church in worship is a really intimate thing. And it creates kind of a relationship with people without it being a relationship. You know, I can't really explain it. And, um, you know, leaving that role was really huge for me. I was not something that I took lightly. Uh, so I would say worship leader. Um, I also was um, a leader for organization that I would go and, and you know, 
try to get as many kids to give their life to Jesus as possible. So I kind of stripped that. And I would also just say a lot of my perfectionist tendencies um, when it comes to right and wrong, I, I think I, I stripped a lot of my, um, uh, or at least I'm working on it, my guilty conscience. I spent a lot of my time just apologizing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I have really worked on not doing anymore. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of just those leadership roles, mm-hmm. um, and those were huge. Mm-hmm. And I, I still see a lot of that in my personality, you know? Sure. But yeah, so I would say those things. And obviously the other things like <laughs> straight <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, uh, just, you know, good to be like kid that does the right thing all the time, you know, just, just, I kind of let myself be a little more human. Yeah. I mean, that's so interesting because, because I'm hearing you kind of name these leadership qualities, these things that you did that you're now having to kind of try to sort through like what was me <laughs> and what was the the church the religion like the kind of things like and it, like how has that been to kind of disentangle because you're still doing I mean tell me if this feels true you're still doing a lot of what you did before but just in a very different way and I'm imagining that that has taken some work to kind of parse out yeah I mean when I first started this project I really did not go in with the intention of it being released and when I had moved to California about a year ago, I, I think I had inklings that I, you know, throughout my whole life, looking back, it's very queer. And I now look back and chuckle uh, that I didn't know. And also look back and there's a lot of, a lot of things that were pulling me away from the church, just in the way that my friends were treated. And I remember calling out a pastor you know, being inappropriate and all these kinds of things. I I think I've always, I've always kind of had one foot in the something isn't right here, you know, when I was raised. And even, I think that's why I have so much empathy too, for people in the church that have parents that aren't affirming because I was always the kid in church. Like my parents were the coolest. Like if you needed something, if you came out, if you really anything, like my parents were the safe place to go. And so I was kind of the lucky kid when it came to that, because that's not the story for any of the, my friends that have left the church. And But the fact that I even left with religious trauma, like I can't imagine people with non-affirming homes and, um, you know, it just, I, I have a lot of empathy for that because I, even the kids with the most like accepting and loving parents, I was terrified to come out, was terrified to leave the church mindset. And so when I started this project, I really wasn't out and I wasn't, I mean, no one really knew uh, at all. And I remember I had called my publisher and was like, Hey, I'm going to let go of my management. I'm starting fresh. Like I don't want to be a musician anymore. Like I just want to songwrite because I feel like the project um, that I'm writing is not me. And Rachel knew it. And Rachel is um, a queer publisher. She's really quite literally changed my life. And I turned in my country album and she was like, this is not you. And I said, that hurt my feelings. (laughs) And It was going to be called stupid boys. And it just was so not me. And so when I kickstarted this project, I was supposed to be a songwriter and I would just write when they would put me in with 
with producers and there wasn't an artist in there, you know? And then I started using it as a way to heal and deconstruct. And I remember the first song that I had actually written in that mind space of it's never going to come out was when I wrote You Might Not Like Her. And it was after a trip that I'd gone home and kissed my friend Mary Beth. And I was like, oh, that is not very straight of me. Um, and so, I, so, and it just kind of kickstarted, you know, me writing these songs. And, and when I realized that I needed to release them and, and all that, I, I knew that the, I knew what the packaging looked like and it looked very similar. It looked and sounded very similar to my experiences in church because I felt like I needed to use that juxtaposition of taking my voice back from the church, you know? Yeah. So that's a long tangent, uh, but yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that it is a tangent because <laughs> it, it does feel so linked together. Like, I mean, this, this new EP it does have that kind of sense of familiarity, at least to me in, in that, in, I mean, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it's like church music, but like there is that kind of sense of like, oh, it's kind of, I don't know, CCME, like, but so different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just like, the first time I heard your music, Maddie, I wept, like, like full on cried. I, I imagine you probably hear that a lot <laughs> from people. And there's something in there that that your honesty, your compassion for yourself, that is deeply moving. Thank you. I'm still working on that part, but I'm glad that it came across in the music because it it yeah. I think in the creation of the EP, it got pretty dark, and I yeah, it's been interesting releasing it now um, because this is truly the first time in the past three weeks where I have not had something to hide or something to dread releasing, you know, and I, it's been really, it's been wild. I don't, it's, it's like, I don't even know what to do with myself. Like I, I've had this project on the back burner, not back burner, but the forefront of my mind, but kind of locked away. And so it's, it's very, it's very odd. It's very odd feeling. And I wanted to release it and do it correctly. And, and that's why it was interesting to tell my team, like there's so much more than just releasing this music, you know, like I knew when I knew that I was coming out and when I finally made that decision to release the songs, I flew home to Boise immediately and just started having every hard conversation that I could with every church leader that I knew. And I, I didn't want this to be like, a, I'm gay now, bitches. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, fuck off. Like, you guys traumatized me. Here's five songs. <laughs> you know, like, I wanted it to be, you know, my hometown and not in a, this is not in a like, ugh, like they loved me kind of way. But like, I was the worship leader. And, and especially small towns like that, they they value their worship leaders and their leaders so much. Like, they adore they're people that lead them because it's such a, it's such a connection, right? It, I mean, like I have relationships with people and led people into times of worship that I haven't even met. And that's crazy to me. Right. But to them, it's, it's such this intimate relationship. Right. And so, and I knew that, I knew that going into it, that I, this was not a light thing. And I, knew that this, uh, that it was going to break people's hearts. Like, and, and not in a way of I'm apologizing cause I'm not. And is it correct that it, it should break their heart? No, 
But I also was raised in a church that for a long time, you know, when one of my best friends came out to me, my whole spiel was like, well, the Bible says this, but like, I love you anyways. Like I remember being in that headspace, right? So I am in this weird niche group where I also can empathize with the fact that like they just maybe haven't really met a gay person yet that they realize that they love. And I kind of feel like I was let off easy by having parents that like loved me so well and was able to leave the church and wasn't one of the people that was abused the way that, you know, so many of my friends were by leadership and that I felt like it was my, and I wanted it to be, it felt like my, my, place to have those tough conversations and to say, I know you love me. And I think that if you just gave me a little bit of your time, that you would also know that I am freer when I get to love the people that I know I love. And I wanted to have those conversations and I'm not a conflict person. So for me to, to, I, that was the craziest experience that I even wanted to do that. And yeah, those conversations were hard. I mean, I spent all this while we were producing the EP. So it just, and I came out for the EP, like there was so much background that was, that made this so personal. And I just, it's one of those experiences that I don't, I don't think I'll forget, you know? I'm so curious, like what came out of those conversations? Like, Like you went back home I mean, I, I grew up in like a small town in Iowa and, and can relate to that kind of sense of community. <laughs> like everyone knows everybody. And like that, that feels really like deeply honoring for you to, to do that and to kind of create that space. But I imagine it also cost you something. For sure. <laughs> yeah. This project is interesting and I haven't really talked about this before, but like those spaces somehow I do feel like it was healing for me. Um, And even though it was hard, I also knew that I got to come home to a lesbian kickball team and I got to come home to, you know what I mean? For me, those conversations were what I had all the time. Like those, like I lived in absolute turmoil over things that I should have just been allowed to just exist in, you know? And It was almost like every time I'd have a conversation like that, uh, I would just think, and this time I get to go home. Like, oh, and this time I get to go and I get to see, you know, my friends. Oh, this time I get to go home. And you know what I mean? There, there, There was an out. And there's also a sense of, I used to sit down with, with people in the church and feel in a way this conviction or what they want to call conviction or this guilt or underhand. I've just, that's what I I would describe it as. I just felt lower. Um, But the last time when I started having these conversations, it was like each conversation I would have, the more I realized that I get to live, I get to live in a space that allows me to be fully loved and like, at least the people I talk to don't, and that sucks. And so it's more a, I am sorry, (laughs) you know, because I know how convincing those spaces can be, you know? This project is so strange, honestly, because I 
feel like I have just this privilege of being there for people in their earliest journeys or even kickstarting their journeys, you know? And like, there will be times where I'll go out um, and I'll see, you know, like a younger, a younger, like just human and with their parents. And this has happened like twice where we've kind of given each other the look that you do when like, you know, somebody listens to your music and, you know, it's like a very distinguishable look. And I realized I wanted to say hello, but I was like, oh shit, like the contents of my song, there's a hot chance that that person's closeted or there's a hot chance that that person, you know, like if they're not coming up to me and they're, they're with their parent, you know, I just feel this, like, I feel like I know people's, you know, I mean, I'll I'll be honest, like I've had a lot of conversations with church people throughout and a few of them have come out to me, you know, like they're like, I feel this like innate, um, the secret keeper of, of the people that are not ready to live in their truth. And that's okay because you're going to spend your whole life coming out. And so if you're not ready to do it once, then it's okay to take time, you know? Um, but it's, it's heavy and it's heavy to know that. And it was weird because the more that I would have these conversations, the more I would realize that it would give people the opportunity to share that or, you know, ask questions and yeah. So, so it was exhausting to answer your question. I came home and I was like, I need to hang out with at least 30 lesbians and play at least 30 board games. And you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I was like, I need to have the gayest week ever. Like we are going, you know what I mean? We are watching queer eye. We are, no, I'm just kidding. I need to PEMDAS the shit out of this week, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, we need to go to gay bars. (laughs) um, I mean, I hear that. Like, That's, that's so real like I, I mean I feel the impulse whenever I'm back in like churchy spaces I like go home and like watch drag race and hang <laughs> yes. out with all my queer friends yeah. and I'm like I just need to release like, <laughs> I like I was chuckling because I came directly from those hard conversations to a lesbian topless slip inside and I said perfect <laughs> I said this will even it out <laughs> so, <laughs> just... oh, I love it I mean that part that you're highlighting there of of having these conversations and I think the the a the way you said it or the way I heard it was like as you continued to have these conversations I, it was almost as if you were starting to gain more confidence in yourself yeah. like like I almost imagined the sense of you realizing oh this person these people don't get to tell me who I am anymore like I get to tell myself who I am and and I hear that in your music too, like like that part. I mean, especially that song that I'm blanking on the title of. If even it's though I listened to it, yes, <laughs> I listened to it like twenty times this morning. But like, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, like <laughs> yeah, that, like that that movement of if if it's not God, it was me. Like and and that kind of coming home to yourself in some way. Yes. Like, could you talk a little bit more about that? Hundred uh, percent. If it's not God, terrified me shitless. Um, to be honest, it was more terrifying than coming out, uh, more terrifying than you might not like, or like, that was the scariest song for sure. Um, cause when I wrote it, um, I wrote it with Brian Brundage and I, I think I had just gotten out of a closeted situationship with my first girl. And I, yeah, I just remember 
I sat down and I was trying to write a song <laughs> about her. And I was like, it just, it, I am struggling. And I think it's the religious trauma of it. And we kind of just started talking and he hit that one note, the dun, 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 dun. I was like, Oh, this it feels like something special. And, and something that I had been kind of stewing on is that I was raised with a lot of queer friends, which now looking back, gay as hell. But I remember when Devante came out, uh, you know, I we had people in the church who called my mom. It was like, you can't hang, you should not be letting Maddie hang out with them. You know, you shouldn't, they, they are, you know, bad news and all these kinds of things. And I remember thinking, Devante is the nicest person I have ever met. Like, I don't know what these people are talking about. And my mom disregarded them. But a huge thing that I kind of is, is my deconstruction is any God that wouldn't want me to have that relationship with Devante is like not a God that I want to know. And as blunt and rough as that is, that kind of kickstarted this just question of, you know, I have friends that were literally groomed by people in our church and leaders in our church that I knew. And, you know, I had watched friends be put back in the closet and um, women be told that they couldn't speak and untruthfulness with leadership and all all the things that that come with religious trauma. And I remember very vividly the day that I felt like I needed to leave. And the whole point of if it's not God is that I truly believe that that was the first time that I had ever heard a voice in my head that was convicting me to, to leave the church. And for a long time, I wondered if that was God. And I think I'm still trying to figure that out. But whatever voice that was, um, whether it be God or whether that be me, I think that was the closest ex- experience that I've had to something looking out for me, you know? And so the point of if it's not God is is not. And that's what I always say on, it's so funny. When I released that song, everyone was like, oh, so she's saying she doesn't believe in God. I was like, you have missed the entire point, bestie. <laughs> Go back and listen. It is a question mark. Like the, the whole project is a giant fucking question mark. And that's what's so funny is that everybody's like, these conclusions are crazy. I'm like, there aren't any. Like it, the, the closest conclusion that I have is you might not like her. And it's basically saying that in this crazy period, I you might not like her, but I do. And that's not even like a, yeah. So anyways, if it's not God terrified me and I, I just wanted to drive it home that that I don't know. I don't know who told me to leave the church, but um, any God that would want me to stay in a place where my friends were being abused and I couldn't have a relationship with Devante and I wasn't able to be myself, like I'm good with a good 85 years and tapping out, you know? Like, <laughs> that's, that's so interesting. That that pull of where, again, I think we're back at those places of labels yeah, <laughs> and, and other people labeling you and that I mean, in some ways, it's a common trope of like, person comes out, leaves the church, and all of a sudden, it means X, Y, and Z about who they are, how they relate to the church, and and whatever. And what when the reality is, is that, you know, queer people have just as vast of experiences with faith and religion. Yes. <laughs> as like everyone else. And 
the complicated questions that then arise that you get to walk into as you walk away. It, like, it, I mean, I don't know, like I'm hearing, like it's a big question mark. It is. It's a huge question mark. And talking with my old church friends, it's very interesting because something that I've noticed now, when I talk to Christian friends, it's very different lingo. Now that I've left the church, it's very different the way that I, and it's not in like a woe is me, like they're treating me poorly because they're not, but loving me now for them looks very different. And it's very interesting being on the other side of that because I used to think that I was loving people by giving, by treating them the way that now I am treated. And it's, it is a little ostracized, but not in a, it's like a lowercase ostracized where it's like, I am clearly, it's not that I'm not welcome, but everything points back to God in conversations now. Whereas I used to be able to joke around with my church friends, but because I think they knew that I had that foundation. So they were able to let loose a little more. But now I've noticed every time I visit home, it's very, look at what the Lord has done for me. Like, thank God, you know, it's very um, formulated. And I, it was weird. I thought I was going to lose relationships in the way of like, they weren't going to speak to me or they were going to be angry. And in some ways I kind of would prefer that than surface level. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. Like it's yes. almost worse because I know, I'm like, I know that you have office references under there. I know that you have jokes. Like, where are they? <laughs> like, I know you so well. You did not lose your jokes. It's just, I am no longer a person that you are allowed to, let's see, any falter. I'm not a person that is safe in that way anymore. And it's very odd. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've heard someone put, that kind of language around that before, but like, yes, <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> it is so strange. It's like, I like, <laughs> <laughs> like not everything has to go back to the Lord. Barbara. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. I'm like, Barbara, two years ago, we were gabbing like gals talking about, you know, like a book that we were reading, drinking wine. And now all of a sudden you're telling me you don't drink wine. And you're only telling me about Proverbs 31. Like this can't be true. <laughs> I still know that you dabble in soap operas, ma'am. Like, <laughs> do not lie. <laughs> but like, you know, now they're like, no, if she knows I dabble in soap operas, God, the pipeline to gay is going to be so quick. <laughs> you know, like, God, God forbid the person who left the church knows I have a little fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
you're, I mean, as you said, you're like three weeks out of kind of the release of this big album, um, this big project. You have been kind of walking into this new life, rediscovering yourself and like kind of joining queer sports leagues and, and all these things. Like what, I mean, what has that been like to like walk into such a different world? I mean, it sounds like so much fun from just, just hearing your voice even. It's so much fun. I've never had really spaces that I felt fully myself. You know, I have really only been on, you know, two first dates or three first dates in my life. Cause I'm just, I'm not really like a, dating app person, but I, when I finally moved here and I knew that I was queer and, and, you know, I had had like my first little relationship thing with a friend and come out of it. I had gone on a date with a girl and, and I just remember it being so just like, Oh my God, like, this is what you're supposed to feel like. And it turned into a lesbian slip inside and then being invited to be in sports leagues and all these kinds of things and going out and game nights. And it's been so freeing. Like I've never felt more just, just loved and seen and valued. And it was this weird thing where I like, didn't want it to seem like I was that excited about this queer friend group where I was like, Oh, like, yeah, like that's really cool. But inside I'd go home and I'd be like, I wonder when they're going to text me. You know what I mean? Like, or am I going to text me? <laughs> you know? And now it's really fun. Cause they are, you know, all of my best friends and and I just feel so honored to to be a part of it and and you know I, it's also really nice not to be a leader like goddamn I just get to show up and exist like I don't have to be the pave runner I don't have to be you know what I mean like it just it's also crazy to have people just show up for you without it needing to be a treasure in heaven or uh anything like when I got my surgery having these queer people show up and, and bring me, you know, ice cream and sit and talk with me and all those kinds of things. It's never a question of like, they trying to bring me back to the church. It's just a, Oh, like I enjoy your company. You enjoy my company. Yeah. I just, there it's been so freeing and I've never had community like this, you know? Yeah. I keep coming back to this, this kind of question mark term that you used at the beginning and and I'm so curious as you are walking into this space feeling this community being able to be yourself in ways that you've never been able to be that before as you're kind of stepping into this question mark do you feel it doing anything to that question mark yeah I do I think a big thing for me was just being afraid of existing and not needing to, it's the leadership thing in me, right? Like I can just be a part of it. And I think I'm realizing I'm so much better as just a a friend than the leader of a friend group kind of thing. And that is where I thrive. And, and so I think I, I, a lot of that question mark is me realizing, I remember my friend Kat, actually, we were driving and I remember there was like a moment of silence and it was like kind of in that place in a friendship where you're still kind of getting to know each other, but it's starting to get comfortable, you know, that just like a really special like friendship. And, and I remember she just looked at me and she's like, Hey, we don't always like have to spill, like fill the space. Like you and I can just like exist together. I feel like it's been really nice that we can just 
like be quiet together and hang out. And that was like so foreign for me that I could just be in a space, not be providing anything and still be wanted. Do you know what I mean? Like that is a crazy foreign thing. Like I have this like host tendency from church where it's like, if there's a moment of silence, I can't just be the person sitting on the the couch. Like I have to be cleaning the dishes. I have to be, you know what I mean? I have to be constantly on. And um, I think a huge part of deconstructing that question mark is just me being, being able to exist in a moment and still feel like my presence is giving something even if I'm not, you know? And also... I fucking love kickball. It's so fun. <laughs> I am. I cannot wait for these incisions to heal with skin removal surgery. I'm so hyped. I'm gonna kick that ball so so hard. I'm also very. Un, I'm not athletic, and the lesbians have made that very clear. Um, <laughs> and that is really sweet. They have really worked on my confidence, except for with that. So <laughs> that was a little bit of a shocker. I went and played pickleball with them, and I thought I was really good. And then they were like girl, you have been playing with your grandma. I said, fair enough. Fair enough. So, and there is nothing more upsetting than a mask telling you that you're unathletic. Okay. I hear that. <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> There's nothing more upsetting than that. <laughs> I said, ouch. <laughs> uh, but like, I, like even that though feels like you get to just have fun. Yes. In that. So much fun. Like I feel like we're going into fun, and then I and then I keep pulling us back into like really no, serious. <laughs> please do. But, like this this line in your song of someday you'll learn to keep your own secrets. It, like that's coming to mind as you're kind of talking about this. Like just letting silence be silence, and and I realize they're maybe not quite the same thing, but the the larger thread in my head, and I, I don't know if if you'll relate to this or not. If it's just my own head, but. Like almost that requirement to bleed in order to be <laughs> accepted yes. or to keep a conversation going or like there there are no boundaries in this space because like we're vulnerable and churchy and God and Jesus and like like I mean that line really st- stuck out to me of you get to keep your own <laughs> no it's so yes that relates to that so much and also. I know a lot of people had asked me about that line because in in some ways secrets sound bad, but I also think that there are sometimes like there is just things that are supposed to just be for us and that is okay. And a lot of times in the church, we're raised to be so, things that are just for us feel, they feel like convictions when sometimes like not everybody needs to know everything and you don't owe everybody everything. Like I, and and that is something that is so, like, I would just, I would tattle on myself like all the time because that's just like, that's what I was raised to do was to be like the kid that was honest and, 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 you know, convicted and guilty and all those kinds of things. And sometimes you can make a mistake and you can apologize and own up to it without having to make it some giant character conversation with everyone around you. Does that make sense? Like it just, I don't know. Me making mistakes was always like, okay, now I need to go and apologize to a thousand people. Um, Whereas sometimes you can just make a mistake and forgive yourself and, 
yeah, I don't know. So that line just meant a lot to me. And I am learning to keep my own secrets. And I'm in a phase of trying to find more things that are just for me because so much is out on the line, you know? Like that is a huge thing. I told my managers, I was like, I love you guys. I need to have some experiences that I don't feel like my entire insides are late. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I, oh, yeah. I need to have those experiences to be able to feel like I'm a functioning person who has things that are just for me. Yeah. I, I really heard that line as you get to be a self. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And have and have a self yep. that is separate from the, the communal. Well, that's what's so funny. I love when people sometimes like hear my music before <laughs> before actually meeting me. Because if you if you hear my music, you're like, this girl, <laughs> this girl is gonna talk my ear off about like existential shit. And yes, I love that. And especially if I've had a little whiskey. But I also like was leaving these label meetings talking about my deepest, darkest traumas and trying to like decipher who is gonna help me create this vision, you know, sobbing in these, you know, talking about, you know, church shit and um, just all that. And then I'm like fucking leaving with like walking down New York roads with shark figurines in my backpack and like looking for, you know what I mean? Like, I think that this is going to be so fun that this phase of life, I get to talk about all of the hard things and I get to be like somebody that starts these conversations. And then I get to also show the fact that I love shark figurines and I love stupid little walks. And like, you know what I mean? I am deeply goofy and deeply, I just have had to, I've always been the light one. I've always had to be the person that um, didn't talk about this shit. So it's almost like I'm making up for lost time, you know? And then I get to go back to also being goofy as hell, you know? Yes. Yeah. Both of those things, all of those things get to exist i love it like like again i'm thinking of that blank open canvas that you brought up at the beginning and the possibility of kind of what you get to put on there so exciting and so gay i'm so excited oh my gosh yes (laughs) oh maddie this has been delightful it's been so delightful seriously (laughs) thank you like what's your favorite way for people to discover your work I was going to jokingly say, come and let me lead worship, but I'm not going to say that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> my bad. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think, um, no, I honestly, I love connecting with people like on, uh, I mean, social media is great. Uh, also coming to my shows. I love, um, I love singing trauma dump songs with people that also like singing trauma dump songs. So shows are huge and all those kinds of things. So I love it. Wow. Well, thank you again. Thank you for having me. Seriously. This was really special. And if you're ever in uh, West Hollywood, let's grab a drink. Yes. Oh my gosh. I would <laughs> okay. Yeah, Amazing. I'd be thrilled. <laughs> you can find Maddie across social media at Maddie Zom. Be sure to go listen to her new EP, You Might Not Like Her, and catch one of her shows somewhere near you. You can go over to her website, maddizom.com, to look at her tour dates. Queerology is on Twitter and Instagram at QueerologyPod, or you can tweet me directly at Matthias Roberts. 
Queerology is made possible because of you. To find out how you can help keep Queerology on the air by becoming an active listener, head over to patreon.com slash Matthias Roberts. A really easy way to support the show is by leaving a rating and a review. You can do that right in your podcast app or head over to MatthiasRoberts.com slash review and it'll take you right there. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas of what you want to hear on the show or just want to say hi, reach out. And until next time, y'all, bye! Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.